take responsibility for the thoughts in your head and you say them out loud, it's like you can become friends with yourself. When your friends talk to you, you so easily give them advice. You just know exactly what to say. You can be that person for yourself. You are supposed to be that person for yourself. Nobody can do that job better than you can. Hello and welcome to Ilani Talks, a podcast that aims to have conversations that are redefining self-care and love for your mental health. I'm your host, Ilani Salcedo. Listen every other Tuesday as I share my own experiences while others feature some truly wonderful guests. In these episodes, gain new ideas for self-care, mental health awareness, and the motivation to keep aligning with your life goals. Listen to this episode as Vasavi Kumar speaks about what it means to share your voice. From a strict upbringing, to trusting yourself and your desires, to finding the courage to speak out loud, and the many ways she helps others understand that it isn't complicated to love themselves. Learn a multitude of ways to improve your life by being exactly who you are. Vasavi, welcome to Ilani Talks. I'm super excited to have you here and just chat about all the things. Hey, hi. I'm so happy to be here and talk about all the things as well. How are you? Good and you. I'm good. I'm doing great today. Actually, I just got back from a hip hop dance class. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I've been dancing for a while. Just feel, feeling really good. Oh, that's a good way to, to spend a Friday. <laughs> yes, yes. So before we get into the nitty gritty, please answer the following two questions. What do you do and what do you want to be known for? Oh my God, I love those two questions. Okay, what I do is that I help women entrepreneurs feel more confident and magnetic in life, in business, and on camera. What do I want to be known for? Um, I want to be known as the person who really made people laugh, feel better about themselves, and give them the strength and confidence to go be, do, and create anything they want. So infectious. That's amazing. I'm like a virus you didn't even know. I'm like the virus you didn't know you needed. (laughs) I'm like the coronavirus. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, to begin our main conversation, I want to really, really back to when you were young and reflect on that a bit. So can you share what your strict upbringing hindered you from, but also shaped you into who you are today? What an excellent question. My strict Indian upbringing, it hindered me from showing all the parts of myself, right? So I just shared with you earlier in the interview that I just you know, got back from hip hop dance class today, right? And my sexually expressed side, right? My sexy side is a part of myself that's been dormant for a very long time. Because as Indian women, right, we, we're, we are supposed to be, dem, you know, demure. We're supposed to be modest. We're supposed to be conservative. We shouldn't be showing our body, shaking our asses, right? And um, that's just a part of myself that I think I've, I've hidden for so long. And, and we need that sexual energy to create anything, not just children, but like that energy, that fire inside of us is needed to create anything. So that's, that's one thing that my strict Indian upbringing really hindered. My parents instilled very good values in me and my sister. Like the number one core value that they raised us is to treat everyone you meet, no matter what they can or can't do for you with respect. Treat every single person, every single person with respect. They would bring my sister and I, you know, my mom from the age of, you know, since I was two or three brought us back to India and we spent the summers in India 
And she would have us do, you know, later on when we were like seven, eight years old, do poor feedings. They're called poor feedings in India. So we basically order a bunch of food and we hand them out to all the poor people who are outside the temples, who are on the streets. And my mom would always say, look at them in their eyes when you give them their food, because they are human beings just like you. Right. So I just I really felt deeply connected to the pain of other people from a very young age. And so I can look at anybody and it doesn't matter how you treat me. I really do not take things personally. I always say to myself, you know, they must be going through something. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to stick around in an abusive relationship and then put up with stuff. But I have enough understanding and compassion of people to not take things personally. And I realize that if you're hurting me or if you're being hurtful, it's because you are hurting. Yeah. And I asked this question in this way because I think there's such a duality with strict upbringings, you know, like there's definitely the the hindering part that it does to a person. And I come from like a Hispanic family who they were really strict. My parents were really strict in their own ways and obviously a lot of things that I didn't agree with. But then at the same time, it shaped me to be so much stronger in a way mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really um, stand firmly in what I believe in as well. So I love I love your answer to that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can relate. Absolutely. Just, you know, I think a lot of, you know, if you grew up in an immigrant household or, you're, you know, I was I'm first generation. So my parents came from India. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a very different mentality. They have so many expectations of us to be successful because they came here with next to nothing. Right. So I didn't grow up in a household where it was like we got away with stuff like we mm -hmm. were called out left and right. If I did something wrong, it wasn't like, oh, no, it was like, no, we're going to talk about this. What you did was wrong. And while that raised me to be someone who constantly beat herself up and had very high expectations, I have a very high level of standard for myself, which I would rather have than than being OK with being mediocre, to be quite honest. Right. So I'm, I'm OK with that upbringing. I've had to heal do a lot of healing internally and, and, and learn to be gentler. But I'm happy that I was raised in a way that we were expected to be mm -hmm. good, be great, you know? Right. Yeah. So with that, finding your voice is something that either happens out of self-exploration, forced through our life experiences, or really a mix of both. What has allowed you to do this for yourself? Well, I think that the number one struggle that women especially deal with and say to themselves is that they don't know what to say and they don't know how to say it. And finding my voice, the way that I've been able to find my voice and the way that I help other women find their voice is by saying it out loud. In fact, I don't know if you know this, Yolani, but I, I just signed a book deal and my book is coming out spring of 2023. Um, so hopefully I'll be back on here talking about the book. Yes. The book comes out spring of 2023. The name of the book is called Say It Out Loud. Mm. And that's my number one advice for anyone listening who's like, I want to find my voice. Okay, well, start saying how you feel out loud. Stop keeping stuff inside of you where your mind can twist and manipulate and kind of rationalize and justify how you feel. Oftentimes, our initial reaction is the purest and it is mm -hmm. the realest. It is, it is, there is a visceral reaction that we get and, and we have not been trained to say how we feel out loud. In fact, we've been trained to shut up, don't talk. Don't rock the boat. Mm. Just keep quiet. And I, from a young age, this is what I got in trouble for growing up. Mm. I got in trouble for being the one to call things out and be like, no, that's wrong. No, you don't get to treat me that way. Or don't, don't, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. I call that the elephant in the room, but start practicing 
saying how you feel out loud. And if it's hard for you to say how you feel out loud to other people, literally talk out loud to yourself. This is what I'm walking people through in my book as I'm writing the manuscript. It's like I'm giving you exercises to start using your voice mm-hmm. in the you know privacy of your own home, in the car, in the shower, like making sense out of your deepest thoughts, your mm-hmm. feelings. Because if you have the courage to confront your thoughts honestly to yourself, you will have the courage to pursue anything and in all of your dreams in this lifetime. Yeah. Oh my God. I completely agree with that. And the power of saying things out loud. And like you said, you don't, if you don't have the courage to say it to someone else, say it to yourself, say it while you're doing something, say it in your room, like, you know, in the car, like you said, the shower and stuff, like hearing it gives it release on one end, but also makes you realize what you really actually feel. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. Like if we just keep stuff inside of us, it stews. Those mm-hmm. emotions get stuck in our body. That's why we get diseases. That's why we have body aches. Those stuck emotions, those unexpressed emotions go somewhere. And they right. I mean for, I mean for me, they have gone in my hips, my hamstrings, and my lower back and sometimes oh. my shoulders. But that's why I believe in like using body work, verbal expression. I mean, while I'm a, you know, if you want to journal, that's fine. That's great. I'm not much of a journaler. Mm-hmm. The, the most powerful thing for me, and I and I attribute this to going to therapy at the age of 12 years old. At the age of 12, I started seeing my therapist, Virginia. And um, she's the first person that taught me that it's safe to say exactly how I feel out loud. Mm-hmm. And I was with her for 16 years. And so, oh, wow. yeah, I mean, if, if you don't have the practice of saying it to other people, because all the stuff, right? Oh, I, I feel bad. I don't want to hurt their feelings. What if they don't like me? Okay, start hearing your thoughts out loud to yourself and become comfortable with your own voice when you're by yourself. Right. And to kind of piggyback what we've already been speaking about, what are the biggest barriers that you've had to overcome within your life? Oh, wow. Uh, how long is this episode? Um, <laughs> so I think the biggest thing, so Here's just, I'm going to give a snapshot and I don't want to go too deep into it, right? Like I got divorced. I have a mental illness diagnosis of bipolar disorder and ADHD. Mm-hmm. I was addicted to cocaine for four years of my life in my thirties. I had to go to rehab twice. Those are some of the my, major milestones in my life. Mm-hmm. But underneath all of that, like those are, that's just the byproduct of the bigger issue, right? The biggest issue for me that I've had to overcome is trusting myself and my desires. And when I want something, to own the fact that I want it rather than justifying, over-explaining, rationalizing, or undermining what I want, right? So Mm -hmm. I run this program, okay? I run this program called Camera Confident Accelerator. And um, we're running it again March 1st, right? And so I've increased the price. This is, this is a perfect example of this. So I, I've, I've doubled the price of this accelerator because the content is just so good. And it's like I am right there with you as I, as I help these women become more outspoken, direct, confident to say how they feel in, in life, in business, and on camera. And I decided to double the price. And I remember talking about this with a colleague. And she said, oh, okay, so you're doubling the price. And I said, yeah, I'm doubling the price because I give so much value, blah, 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 blah. And she goes to me, Vasavi, you're doubling the price because you want to double the price. Stop explaining why. Mm. Like that was it. And I was like, damn, (laughs) you're calling me out. I love this. And and I want to share this with your audience because like even I, like I I go through this stuff myself, right? Right. Like 
I doubled the price and I felt the need to explain to, to a colleague why I was doubling the price. It's like, no, men don't do that. Men right. double the price and they're like, I'm doubling the price. No, the price of my program has gone up. That's it, period. And and I think the way like it comes out and you explaining yourself like that, it kind of not devalues. I, I want to find a better word and I can't. It, it's not coming to my head at the moment, but it like lessens what you're actually trying to do and being OK with like, OK, I need to do this because I really want to do it yes. and kind of justifying it and or or finding a way to prove why you should do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I actually think that um, devalues is the right word. Yeah, like it, OK. <laughs> yeah, it does. It right. does does devalue that. Absolutely. Right. Well, you have a lot of learning experiences, but with what you've already learned so far, what do you think it takes to be confident from the inside out? I would say pay attention to how you feel, honor how you feel, and don't let anyone, especially yourself, disrespect you. Like, we expect everyone else to like treat us a certain way, but it's like, are you treating yourself with that same honor and respect that you're expecting from other people? The other thing that I would say to build confidence every day, every day I build confidence. Every day I work on deepening my faith. One of the ways that I do that is I've like literally stopped beating myself up. I'm like, I refuse to beat myself up about stupid shit. Like just what am I doing? You know what I mean? So it's like, I just, I refuse to do that. And then also keeping promises to myself about the quote unquote little things, the little things for me, actually, when I follow through on those little things and I give myself those small little, like they make me happy, whether it's a candle or flowers, or it's like a new silk robe, because it just feels good without justifying it or explaining it. That mm-hmm. fills my confidence. But the biggest thing that's helped me, Yelani, is to keep promises to myself, small mm-hmm. ones, especially the small ones, like the ones that... In the past, I've been like, oh, it doesn't really matter if I skip my workout or if I don't go for a walk. Or, <laughs> and I listen to my body. I believe that our creative spirit and I believe that our God, I believe the universe is our body. And if I don't listen to my body, am I actually really connected to myself at all? Yeah, that's so, oh my God. Thank you for bringing that up. I love diving into like topics like that of just listening to your body because it's always telling you how you're actually feeling, especially in those moments where you're like, no, 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 I'll, I'll do this instead. I don't have time for that. But it's like, no, you need to give yourself time and, and put in that work if you can't, or if it doesn't come naturally to you to really do that because your body will continuously, in a sense, shut down the more you shut it out. Absolutely. When I think about relationships that I stayed in for way too long, when I think about my addiction, when I think about any any sort of you know interactions, friendships that I my body always told me, get the hell out. Mm. Get out. What are we doing here? Get out. And I'd be like, no, stop it. You're just overreacting. You're just over. Yeah, you know what? All that ended me in rehab. And mm. ended me up. I ended up in rehab because I didn't listen to my body. I stayed in a relationship with men who cheated on me and I would justify it. And I would say that it's my fault because I wasn't listening to the cues in my body. Mm. I knew from the second I met some of the men that I've dated and been with, this is wrong. But my mm. mind would be like, no, give him a chance. And now if I feel that I'm like, hell, hell no, nope, never going to ignore my intuition again. I know within the first eight seconds, if I can trust you. Right. I know within eight seconds, can I trust you? Are you a good human being? Are you, are you, I mean, like, are you someone that I can get with? Like not even romantically, even in a business relationship partnership, Mm -hmm. I can tell right away when I get on a sales call with a potential client, is this person going to become my client or not? I could tell right away just based on that energetic interaction. I know. Right. Oh, so true. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and taking what you've been through in life and where you want to be, what has your business done for you as you help others find their own confidence in a lot more? Well, it's just beautiful, right? Because we attract people who were once versions of us, right? right? And, and we attract, I, I always attract women who are some part of me, right? Mm. Some part of me. And so it's just beautiful. Like when I attract the certain clients that I have, they're all pieces of me. And I can help them because I've lived that, you know, and what it's done for me, it's just gotten me really clear on the type of business that I want to run, the kind of clients that I want to attract, the kind of clients I want to work with, how I want to set up my business, what I want to do. I don't know if I shared this. No, I have not shared this. My business has given me the freedom to really explore other parts of myself. Like I'm now acting, I'm doing stand-up comedy. I have my first comedy showcase coming up. I'm just, I'm just doing things and expressing myself in creative ways that I really didn't honor and pay attention to back in the day. Mm, uh, yeah. I'm so glad that you've been able to do that. And I'm pretty funny, Yolani. Yeah. You know that. I'm pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to let us know where, um, where to find you for your comedy and stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, if you go on my Instagram, my handle is my name is Vasavi. I actually shared one of my, um, my first time performing. It's on my feed. Oh, amazing. We'll definitely check it out. Yeah. So I know you mentioned this earlier, but what like motivated you to create the Camera Confident Accelerator and how have you seen people change with it? Okay. So I'm thinking about one woman in mind, right? So she when, when she first enrolled in my accelerator program, she was so terrified. She was all over the place. She felt that she needed to be louder to be heard and she needed to be loud to be heard. And I relate to that because I very much have a wound, a childhood wound that had me believing that in order to be seen and paid attention to, I have to be loud and I have to be a lot, right? Which often left me feeling exhausted. And through our work together, first of all, she is so much more grounded in who she is. She's still her rambunctious, fiery self, but she doesn't just do it to get attention. It's a switch for her. Like she doesn't operate at a level 10 all the time because that's not sustainable, right? Um, she's really honoring the quietness within herself. She also loves getting on camera now, going on live. Her name is April. She's amazing. And she used to be someone who's like, oh my God, I can't go live. What do I say? What do I do? And so I've gotten her really clear and focused on her content strategy, but also just really clear on who she's meant to help and what she's meant to say. And she just, she allows all the different parts of her to show up on camera. It's beautiful. Mm, that's so, That feels so great to, I could imagine how fulfilling that feels like you offering this service and someone just like outshining it, you know, like, oh, that's so great. Yeah. I want you to, I think being, it's not just about getting on camera, right? It is. It is, but it isn't like getting on camera, video, TV, all the stuff that I've done. It's just another way for you to impact, influence more people, get your message out there. And whenever people say like, oh, I need to get comfortable on camera. I'm always like, well, you, you got to get comfortable with your voice and comfortable in your skin. Like oh, you, yeah. you camera is just it just it magnifies all your insecurities. So let's get you secure. Let's start feeling secure in our skin. You could show up in any situation, any place, and just feel good about who you are and just fucking do it. Just yeah. do it. Just go do the thing that God put you here on this earth to do. You know? Yeah. Stop being insecure. Let's get you from being insecure to secure. Like, what do we need to do? What do we right. what do we need to address? Let's yeah. just do it. It's the action that helps that, you know? Like that's all you have to do. And it's those steps that you take in order to get there. Cause you will get there as long as you're, you know, continuously doing it. 
Um, you can't get it done if you're just like thinking of like, oh, I want to change this, but then not not actually doing it, you know? Here's the thing. People need accountability, right? We can't right. do this alone. We can't do it alone. Do you think I would, you know, when I go to yoga class, mm. I have to sign up online. I have to put my credit card down and I have to know that I'm going to get billed if I don't show up. Right. That's just me. <laughs> You know, if you could have done it, if you could have been on camera by now and been visible and be more confident, you would have done it. You would have done it by now if you could have. And in this and like I really provide the strength that people need in whatever season of their life they're in to get more visible, get more confident, be on camera. And it's like it's so interesting, like as women, we biologically need to be with other women. Right. But we are instead society pins us, pits us against one another. Mm. So for me, my job is to really not only hold you accountable, you know, you're paying for a high end accelerator program, coaching program with me, but I'm, I'm like in it with you. I'm literally next to these women every single day, cheering them on, watching their videos, giving them feedback on their videos, telling them what they could have done better, telling them what they did great. We need a strong alpha female by our side as we're rising to the top. And I am that person for my clients. Mm, amazing. Yeah. I'm glad they have you. De I could definitely feel your energy and, and your support um, for them and whoever else comes to you in the future as well. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So moving to the latter part of our conversation, you briefly mentioned your book earlier. It's coming out in 2023. How has that process been? And are you able to share anything else about it or whatever else comes up for you? For the book, what I want to say is. Yeah, my, my biggest thing with the book is that it sounds like me. So when I write each chapter, I write each chapter out loud while I'm talking. I'm talking type at the same time. I've kept it pretty simple. I don't want people to feel like it's complicated to love themselves. We've been told that it's like everything about us is too much or too complicated or too little or, oh, it's just not. And it's like we're actually such so simple to love when we just pay attention to ourselves. And that's what I hope this book does. I hope it helps you make sense out of the chaos in your mind. And I hope it makes you see that when you actually take responsibility for the thoughts in your head and you say them out loud, it's like you can become friends with yourself. When your friends talk to you, you so easily give them advice. You yeah. just know exactly what to say. You can be that person for yourself. You are supposed to be that person for yourself. Nobody can do that job better than you can. Mm. Yeah. So, so that's what I hope this book provides. And we're, we're still writing. As of today, I'm on chapter seven. I got what, eight more chapters to go. So mm -hmm. let's do this. Good luck on the whole entire journey. Did Is there anything specific that motivated you to write a book? Well, I did. Well, you know, I, I worked on my book proposal mm -hmm. to submit to agents uh, six years ago. Wow. And six years ago, I hadn't gone through half of what I've been through now. So last year in October, I signed up with Rochelle Fredson. She has a 10-week program to help you write your book proposal. This was last year. And then a year later, here we are. I got signed by an agent, just got signed by a publishing house, the same publishing house that um, they published Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now book, New That's World my Library. favorite book. <laughs> yes, yes. A new, new World Library is the name of the publishing house. And they've signed me to be their author, one of their authors. And yeah, I mean, it just, it was a thought in my head and I, and I ran with it. And uh -huh. it, you know what? When we think it's supposed to happen is not typically when it happens. Like, oh. I thought I should have, should have written the book six, seven years ago. I was meant to write it now, 2020. You know what I mean? 2021. Yeah. You had to experience more so you could have more to write. 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, when people say trust the process, I'd get so annoyed. I'd be like, stop telling me to trust. Stop, stop <laughs> telling me this bullshit, you know, but it's really true. Like surrendering, yeah. having faith and trusting the process is truly something that I work to live by. I'm not going to say it's like something I've mastered. Absolutely not. Every day I'm given an opportunity to slow down, trust myself, trust the process, surrender to God's divine plan and stop trying to play God in my own life. You know, like I need every day I'm given that opportunity. So I, I never want anyone listening to be like, oh my God, she has it all figured out. It's like, no, I don't. I've just, I'm acutely aware of how controlling I am. That's all it is. I'm acutely aware of how controlling I am and I know better than to try to control. So I do practice surrendering every day. Mm, amazing. And if there's one piece of advice every listener needs to hear about becoming their most authentic self, what would it be? This is going to be morbid, but I'm going to say it. I want you to picture yourself like literally in your last days and about to die. And I just want you to picture that because I, I, I think we take our lives for granted. And I need you to picture the day that you literally have 24 hours to live. Are you going to be sitting there being like, man, I'm so happy that I was such a people pleaser and I didn't rock the boat and that everyone who I thought loved me really loved me for some version of myself that I put out there? No, mm. you're not going to say that. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to say, you're going to wish you would have been like, damn, I, there was so much inside of me and I wasted that. And I was too weak and scared to put myself out there because I cared more about what other people thought of me than what I thought of me. Let that sink in, feel the pain of that, and then make your choice of how you want to be. Yeah. You don't want to wait until the last moment to like feel all those things, you know, like, and I love yeah. that you bring that up, even though, yes, it is morbid, but I'm like, no, that's true. And I sometimes say that as well. Like we don't we don't notice how much we could be doing or how we should be for ourselves and our relationships or what or what we do that it shouldn't take you being on your deathbed to be like, oh, I should have changed that or I could have just done this little thing to make life a little bit easier for myself. So thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's so important to know too. Listen, whatever works for you, right? I had to go really dark with that. That's what works for me. <laughs> Maybe for you that depresses you, but that works for me because like regret is something that I never want to have. I yeah. don't want to have that regret. I mean, like I just, I wasn't born to just half live. Right. You know, I was born to fully live and I know that, but you know, I tell all my clients, like, I don't care who you pray to, what you do, but like have some relationship that goes beyond just you. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. So anyway, that was a great question. Thank you for asking that. Of course. What books would you recommend to someone who's lacking determination if anything comes up? First of all, mine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's so, okay uh, if you say yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say mine when it comes out. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Neil Donald Walsh's book, Conversations with God. Mm -hmm. I like to think of my book kind of like the Conversations with Myself book, mm -hmm. with my deepest thoughts, which is essentially God, right? But I love Conversations with God. I actually just started Will Smith's memoir, um, and it's called Will, and it's so good. Oh, I've been wanting to read that. I just got it in the mail. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. So, I mean, I, I, I haven't finished through it, but already I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. But my favorite book, hands down, is Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Mm, sounds good. I'm going to have to check that out. Yes. And is there anything coming up in 2022 that people should look out for from you? Yeah, I would definitely say um, more of me, more of my acting, mm. more of my comedy, and definitely just 
more more Vasavi, you know, more Vasavi <laughs> here to help you feel more confident, be more bold, brazen, and um, just live your damn life. Like, just stop yeah. caring so much what other people think. Nobody cares. You, I know you think that you're the most important person in other people's lives, but you're really not. Like, be the mm. most important person in your life. Seriously. Right. Yeah. I know earlier you mentioned your Instagram, but is there anywhere else people could learn more about you or connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a, a free gift for all your listeners and I'll send you the link, Yolani. It's the Camera Confident Masterclass. Now, listen, even if you are not someone that cares so much about getting on camera, I still think this this is great because it really the masterclass really helps you understand the energetics and the psychology behind why you don't want to be seen. And as all human beings have a desire to be seen. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us wants to be seen, admired, and appreciated in some shape or form. So I'll send you the link, um, Yolani, to post for the my free masterclass. Definitely check me out on Instagram. DM me. My name is Vasavi. That's my handle. And then um, you can go to my website, vasavikumar.com. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your voice and your experiences with us today. And I deeply appreciate everything that you shared and spent time together. Thank you so much. I had such a great time with you. Thanks for tuning in this week to Ilani Talks. Refer to the show notes for details about this episode and more. To get in touch, send a DM on Instagram at Ilani Talks. And if you enjoy this podcast, visit ilanitalks.com to sign up for the newsletter at the very bottom of the homepage. By signing up, you'll receive exclusive information that only subscribers get. Until the next one, with all my love, Ilani. Ilani Talks guest episodes are recorded through Zencaster, and all episodes are edited by Swell, the podcast audio editing service from the Wave Podcasting. The music is Back to Orbit by Noah Smith. Artwork for the Ilani Talks logo, created by Carissa Zaron. Want to learn more about her? Visit her work at kzanimation.com, where you can reach out about illustrations and animations inquiries.